media team back there. I said, you're going to be playing musical scriptures today. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I got a whole bunch of them, and good luck. I'll try to give you some time to find them, so they're going to be all over the place today. Uh, I do want to just talk about a few things before I get into it. I know we are having somebody come and pre uh, Brother Carver's coming the fourth, and he's going to be preaching, but what I do want to say is there is a plan in the meantime, that we have things set up in the meantime, and that Everything's taken care of. Amen. There's nothing to be worried about, nothing to be anxious about. Everything's taken care of in the meantime. Uh, we might or we probably will be bringing people in between him being here and if he accepts or we decide to vote him in. And, or if we don't and then we have other people we're going to be trying out. There will be people that are trying out or there will be people that are speaking that aren't necessarily trying out as well. So we, there might be a, a guest speaker, an evangelist coming here and there, but that doesn't mean they are trying out and doesn't mean we're just going to surprise, we're voting on this person tomorrow. You guys don't have to feel like you're going to be left out of the process. It's, it's our church, amen? It's not just the board's church, it's not just the pastor church, it's our church. And so you will be a, we'll, we'll all be a part of that decision. We're all going to be praying, we're all going to be fasting, we're all going to be Seeking the will of God for Dwajek, amen, for the lighthouse in Dwajek, amen. I have a uh, simple title today, and it's called Fishing While We Wait. Fishing While We Wait. Uh, you go to John 21 and verse 1, it says, In these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. I am going fishing. And I got one amen. I know I got one amen. He said, I am going fishing. So what's going on right now is they are, they just, Jesus just came back. He rose from the dead. And he showed himself to him. He showed himself to the disciples two times. And he just left them. And what they didn't do was they didn't go out and perform miracles right away. They didn't go out and just conquer the world. They went fishing. They did what they knew to do. They went fishing. And sometimes, or a lot of the times, we like to live from milestones to milestones, that we just are waiting for the big events to happen. I know as a, a parent to a new baby, uh, we have so many milestones that he's already accomplished, and probably most of you guys think I'm crazy that these aren't milestones, but every time he goes from one size to the next, it's like, well, we're packing up half his room, getting rid of the clothes. So he, goes, he was in newborn clothes for a whole day and a half, it seemed like. And then he was in zero to three months clothes, and now he's into three to six months clothes, and he was in newborn diapers, now ones, twos, starting to get into threes, and it's so much more than I thought. But, you know, you live from milestone to milestone. We live from one moment to the next, and, you know, he's, he's already, you know, when he raised his head, when he, he rolled over, he's, now he's cutting teeth. Uh, he just said dad the other day, uh, not mom, no, I'm just kidding, uh, but he's losing, he, he has this little bald spot in the back of his head, he's, he's finally getting some, 
hair in there, and I know my wife likes to pick on me that says, he's getting hair, you're losing yours, and uh, I think I'm winning. I think I won't have any hair before he has a whole head of hair. But the milestones are crazy, and pretty soon he's going to be crawling and walking, and then he will be saying, Dad, then a year later he'll say, Mom. And then, you know, we look forward to these milestones. We look forward to all these events. But sometimes we can get too busy looking for the milestones. We get too caught up looking for the big events in life. My, one of my absolute favorite things to do is in the morning, uh, I get up pretty early or a lot earlier than my wife usually, and lately I haven't been able to do it because we've been going to Grand Rapids real early to work, but a normal day, I'll wake up, go drink my coffee, go sit on the couch and uh, wait for a text. And it's, come get your kid. Every morning, because I wake up before they do, and every morning I get the text, come get your kid. And so I go, and I go get Beckham, and then we sit on the couch together, and she says, I just need 10 more minutes of uninterrupted sleep. I said, okay. So for the next hour, I sit there, and I, I just hold Beckham. I'm sorry. I can't help it. But I'll sit there, and I'll hold Beckham, and I'll rub his feet, because he just sits there and smiles and giggles. And so when I'm going in the work when I'm not home with him I'll text Dominic you rub his feet this morning you give him his little foot rub this morning because it's his favorite thing and sometimes if we get too busy caught up looking for the milestones we forget about the little day-to-day -day things we forget about the special things I know one special thing for me when I was growing up was going fishing with Grampy but I had to go to school every day. I couldn't miss any school. I had to have good grades so then I could skip a day of school and go ice fishing with Grampy. And I already got it set up next weekend or in two weekends, Emmett's going, ice, or going fishing with Grampy. So, but these are, these are the milestones, but it's, it's little day-to-day little day -day things when Emmett sees Grampy and he yells, Grampy duck, Grampy duck, because he likes to make those duck noises and Emmett, he tricked Emmett thinking he was a duck too, but it's, but it's, that's the day-to-day -day relationships and the day-to-day -day things that make the milestones so great. But if we aren't careful, we'll get caught up in the milestones. I, to bring it to everybody can kind of understand is when we go to work on Monday, except for maybe Brother Shanik, we're looking forward to the weekend. Most of us don't enjoy working 100 hours a week. If you are, you're a special person. Brother Jack's probably one of those people who wish he could work 120 hours a week. They say, wake up at, he's, they say, wait, be there at 6, and he's mad it wasn't 5.15. <laughs> but when we get to work on Monday, a lot of the times, man, I cannot wait for it to be 2 o'clock and I can go home. Or we get to work, it's like, man, I don't know how I'm going to convince my dad, let's not uh, make this last batch of mud. Let's not lay any more block. Let's, uh, you know, we got an hour and a half drive home. I, it's been pretty sunny, but there's a cloud about 10 miles away. Uh, that rain's coming. You know, we look for that. We look for, let's get the day over with so we can go home. Let's, let's get the week over with so we can have our weekend so we can get caught up on household chores. And I had a day off Friday because it rained. And, well, before the rain, I had to go to Lowe's and build a garden. But we, we look forward to the weekend. We look forward to getting rid of the week so that we can have the weekend. We can have some enjoyment in our life. You look forward to get engaged, to getting married, to having a family, from becoming an employee to a manager to 
to the boss to, uh, to the next raise. We look forward to jumping through each transition in life. And we get, we just kind of get rid of the day-to-day -day life. To me, I, I, I'm trying to stop and smell the roses a little bit more. Or like the apostles do, they just go fishing. But you're looking at this, and of course, it was a great miracle to have, you know, Jesus showed up on the, on the shore, and he said, cast your net on the other side, and, and of course they did, and then they couldn't get the fish in the boat, so they had to drag it to the shore with the fish still in the water. So there was a great miracle there. But I want to talk to the church today, but just because we're going in a transition, that the church can't still be the church. Just because we're going from one pastor to the next doesn't mean the church can't be the church. People were saved under Pastor Grampy. People were saved in one under Pastor Casey. People were saved in one under Pastor Hopper. If it wasn't for Pastor Hopper, the family that I have here today wouldn't be here today. He helped me through an awful lot. Through some of the best times and the worst times in my life. From some things that only him and his wife know, and my wife, they were there for me. And we're sad to see him go, but we're believing it's the will of God. We're believing that their transition to their next church is the will of God. And that whoever comes to this church, it is the will of God. But in the meantime, the church is going to be the church. Because the church wasn't built on a pastor. The church was built on, on the rock that the gates of hell will not prevail. The church was built on the scripture that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. That there's only one name given among, given among men under heaven by which we must be saved. The church isn't going to change. The word of God isn't going to change. The gospel will not change. We are going to find the pastor that's, that's going to come in, that's going to take us to new heights, new dimensions in, in God, and I believe all that. But in the meantime, the church is going to be the church. That the lighthouse is going to be the lighthouse to the lost. This, the hospital to a sick and dying world. That there are people out there that are going to be saved in the transition. There are people out there that are going to come in while we have guest speakers in here, while we have people fill in the pulpit until we have a new pastor and then when the new pastor is here of course but in the meantime the church is going to be the church the church will not change the message will not change the gates of hell will not come against the church because the church is a bride of Christ and I promise you today that Jesus will not give up in this church and this community this community is destined for more this church is destined for more in this community I don't care what 
political view you have or what you believe in. The gospel doesn't change. Jesus won't change. And this is why we come to church. This is why we are here. I know some people come to church because it's a social club. Some people want to come because it's just something to do. Some might come because, you know, it makes, it makes you feel better about your family that, you know, it's, okay, my family at least is getting good moral backgrounds, and I believe that it's very important about the church. Uh, Emmett, me and him have some strange conversations, but he'll, I, he just always says, no, Jesus did it. Like, we were talking about Beckham's here because his mommy, and he said, no, it's because of Jesus. I'm like, okay, I can't argue with that. So thanks, Sister Cassidy and Brother Colin back there. He, he has a, a little, he has stuff he made in Sunday school hanging up in his room. And I just want to, do, they do a great job at, in that Sunday school leading that stuff. And I'm so happy and I'm proud of them. And it's great. And I'm glad my kids are going there. But we don't send, we don't come to church because of just, it's a good moral place to be. We, be, we come because we serve a savior. We serve a living God. We serve a miracle worker. Amen. And you might need not, might not need the miracle in your life today. You might you've already found salvation. You, your life might be perfect today. But there's going to come a time and place in your life where you need a savior. Where you need a miracle worker in your life. When you don't have another, where, another place to go, you don't have anywhere to turn, so you have to go to church. You have to turn to God. You have to get something that this world can't offer you. You have to go to the one that told Lazarus to get out of the grave. You have to, see, that's why it's so important that you are baptized in the name of Jesus. That's so important that you learn what the name of Jesus means. Because it's not just a name. Somebody can say Eric and it not mean anything. Somebody can say Jesus and it don't mean anything. But when you call Jesus into your life, when you call that name into your life, you have to understand what that means. You have to understand what the name of Jesus is. It's the, it's the one that told Lazarus to get out of the grave. It's the one that when somebody touched his clothes, something left from his body. Something left from his body that that woman was healed of blood. When the, when the doctors could have figured out, when nobody else knew what was going on, that's who you're calling today. When you get baptized in Jesus' name, that's what's happening when you serve Jesus. That's what's happening today. And I don't, think, I don't think we understand this because maybe you're not serving the same God that I am because there's been times in my life where I've needed to call Jesus when I couldn't call anybody else. There's been times in my life when I couldn't go anywhere else but I had to go to church. There's been times in my life where I needed a Savior, and that's why I'm here today. I'm not here for a social club. I'm not here for a gathering. I'm here for a miracle today. I'm here for a change in my life today because I serve a God that can do it. I don't serve just a God that, oh, yes, I know, I know. But I serve a God that healed my life, that saved me from being lost, and that saved my family. That's the kind of God I serve today. That's the kind of God I serve today. That's why we get baptized in Jesus' name. That's why it was so important. That's why in Acts 2.38 they said you're going to get baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. Because they were already baptized under John's baptism unto repentance. They, were already, they already repented. They already did the world's baptism. And it was right for that time. 
But they said, no, now you need to take it a step further. Now you need to get baptized in Jesus' name. Because you are calling that name into your life. You are calling that Savior into your life. And it wasn't for just the book of Acts, church. If you, aren't, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, today's the day to do it. Because in, it wasn't just for that time. Miracles weren't just for that time. The Bible says, for as many as our Lord God shall call. And if you believe that you are called for, by God today, that promise is for you. There's a whole Bible study in and I love to get into it, but I'm going to keep moving today. And time's almost up. Amen. You look in uh you look at Mark chapter 5 verse 21. I'm going to read I'm going to read a lot of scripture. It's a very familiar passage. It says, "Now when Jesus had crossed over again, by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around and crowded and said, who touched my clothes? Could you just imagine Jairus today? That he went and found Jesus. Right? He heard he was coming. He said, okay, my daughter's sick. I don't think she just became sick. I think she was sick for a while because he knew Jesus was coming. I don't think he would have met him there if he didn't have a plan, if his daughter wasn't sick, if they didn't try any other things. He was a leader of the synagogue. He was a leader of the church. I believe he tried to exercise some faith. I believe he tried different medicine. I believe he tried it. And nothing was working. But he found Jesus. And he got to him and he said, my baby girl is sick. Come quick. I need help. But can you imagine how hard it was to get to Jesus? Because it said the multitude went with him. So he had to push through it. I can imagine say, listen, I'm, nope, I'm the leader of your church. You better wait for me. I need to get to him first. If you don't, God's not going to, you know, you better, it's disrespectful. I'm, I'm the preacher. You know, I got to go first. You know, I could, I could imagine him doing everything he could to cut in line, to push through the multitude. To get to Jesus. He said, your, your problems will be here tomorrow. You'll be okay until tomorrow. My, my baby girl, she's, she's sick today. I can imagine pushing little old ladies out the way, doing whatever he had to do to get to Jesus. It's his baby girl. He had to do it. Derek, I know you would push an old lady out the way for Claire. And that's all right. 
Me too. But he had to do it. He got to Jesus, and he fell down at his feet, and he begged him. He said, Jesus, you are my only hope now. I need you. Please come quick. And lo and behold, you know what Jesus did? He said, okay. He said, let's go. Let's go. But it wasn't just them two that went. The crowd followed him. And I, and I could just see his face every time that uh, somebody said, will you kiss my baby? You know, brought, brought the baby to Jesus, you know. Will you, will you sign my sandals? Well, you know, can I shake your hand? Can I talk to you? You know, uh, you're a great preacher. Can I, just, can I just pick your brain for a minute? You know, uh, you know I, got, I, got the, I got the spot on my back. Could you just look at it for a minute? Could you just take a look at that? And every time they do that, Jairus is just, here we go. Come on, come on just standing behind him, just kind of ushering him. Let's, let's go a little bit forward. All right, Jesus, you, you know, you told me, Jesus, we're going, right? And every time he stopped, he was like, my baby. What, you guys, your, your miracle will be here later. You know, he's not a one-hit wonder. He'll be back. He will be back. You, you can wait. But they were headed that way, and then all of a sudden, Jesus stops. And I could just picture Everybody's waiting. Everybody stopped with him. Everybody else stopped. Well, Jesus stopped. Everybody stopped. The commotion dies down a little bit, and he yells out, who touched me? I could just see Jairus standing behind Jesus. You, there's, there, look at all these people. They touched you. Yes, we know. People, yes. Everybody's trying to get your attention, but right now I have your attention. I know he didn't do it in front of his face because that would be pretty bold, but I could just see him doing it, just rolling his eyes. Here we go. He said, who touched me? I, he's just trying to, you know, usher Jesus along a little bit more try, towards my house. No, Jesus stopped and maybe looked around. He probably grabbed his shoulders, turned him, faced him towards his house. We know, keep going, keep going. Who touched me? And then that lady comes forward. They bring her forward. And I can see Jairus just standing in the background. He said, saying, she's had this issue for, what, 12 years? Well, it's one more day. Well, it's a couple more hours. If she's already healed, she was healed when she touched you. Can't, can't, can't we come back to this? Can't we revisit this tomorrow? I need you now. My daughter needs you now. If we could, if we could all stand this morning, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up fairly soon. But if, if, you, if we could just keep going. We look down to verse number 35 and it says, While he was speaking to this lady with the issue of blood, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. You don't have to bother him anymore. Don't worry about it. Your daughter's dead. You know, he was on his way, but it's too late. It's too late. I'm sorry for your luck. He was coming. You know, you got, you got his attention. At least you got his attention. At least he heard from you. You know, he'll be, he's a great comforter. He's a peace that passes all understanding. So you'll be okay. 
He'll give you peace. He'll give you that rest. He'll, he'll make sure you're okay in your time of grief. It's what they were telling him. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Jesus, or except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And then he came to the house of the ruler and saw a, a tumult in those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why are you crying like this? Don't you know she's not dead? She's just asleep. You're going to wake her up. And they, ridic they ridiculed Jesus. But then when he, he kicked them all outside, like I'm sure only Jesus could do, he, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were, who were with them, and he entered where the child was lying, and then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. See, there are some today that was given a promise. Some that may have been given a ministry that some, where they met Jesus on the shoreline and, and you prayed and your answer to your prayer request was yet was Yes. See, just like the ruler, he, the, Jesus met him where he was at, and he said, yes, I will heal your needs. I will do what you asked me to do. He gave you your answer. Your answer was yes. The answer to all your heart's desires was yes, but, but then something got in the way. said my family would be saved Jesus but but my kids aren't living right you know they 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 were being crazy last night you don't don't you see that Jesus they needed you you could come back tomorrow they needed you yesterday God you said my finances would be healed you said if I give and I and I and I blessed your house that you would press it down shake it up and fill it over but God my, my rent's due and and I don't have two pennies to scrape together. You said my home would be happier, God, but I just can't find peace. I can't find comfort. You promised, Jesus. I know you promised. I heard from you. But, God, we don't need, we don't, our pastor left, and now, now we don't know what to do. Do we have any direction? Sometimes you just have to go fishing. Sometimes you have to go back to what you know. Sometimes you have to go back to, to just being like Christ for a little bit. Jesus, when he was here, the greatest of all time, made 12 disciples. If everybody in here could make 12 disciples to follow after Christ. If you don't know what to do with yourself, you don't find yourself going in any direction, make a disciple. Read the word. Get involved in the Word. Get involved in ministry if you don't know what to do. You say, God, you're, you're healing it for them. This person's happy now, but God, I heard from you. 
And God, from the time I heard from you until now, I, I feel disqualified. Like Abraham when, they pro- when he was promised a child and now he's old and, you know, worn out and he can't. He said, how am I supposed to do this? Now my future is dead. I can't have a kid. You feel like your future is dead? Like, Jairus, my baby girl is gone. I can't do it now. You said you would be there. You said you were a healer. You said you would meet me there. But it's too late, Jesus. You feel like the water had been stirred, but you couldn't, you couldn't make your way there. You didn't have anybody to help you get to the water to get your miracle. And now it's still again. Somebody else beat you to your miracle. But God said, it's okay. I gave you your answer already. You aren't disqualified. The death could not hold him. Hell could not stop him and the grave couldn't keep him. Your problems are not too big for Jesus. Your problems are great and that's okay. But your problems are not greater than the God we serve. Your your problems aren't greater than the God that rose from the grave. Your God is a healer today. Your promises are still your promises. Maybe it's not the way you thought it was going to happen. Maybe somebody gave you some bad news. Maybe you made some mistakes and you feel like you're disqualified. But I'm here to tell you today that you're not disqualified. Your family might be further away from you today than they were yesterday. But I promise you, if God made that promise to you that he will keep your family, that there will be a way for them to find their way back to the house of God. God hasn't forgotten his promises. These altars are, gonna, are open today, but before you come, I just want you to think about the promises of God. The promises that he's kept to you already. The promises that you are waiting on. The promises that you feel like they are gone. If God said it, he will do it. I've seen God is amazing today. God is amazing and there are things that's going on right now that I could never imagine happening again. I didn't ever think I'd get to see my grandpa preach again. But here he is preaching again. I didn't think I'd see some of the things that I've seen. But here I am today. Here you are today, Brother Mark. Here you are today. And life might not be fair. And some things might happen in your life that don't make sense. But God's got it worked out. I promise you God's got it worked out. God has your life in his hands. The promises are still your promises. These altars are open today. If you need a miracle today, God's here to perform a miracle in your life. If you need salvation today, God's here to give you salvation. If you need to be baptized today, the baptismal tank is ready. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost if you need it today. These altars are open today.